We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Blank. Man, we got a fun show for you today. Spotlight is back. It's coming up a little bit later on. You'll hear Toby and Chad and Jessica and myself recap the fits for CeeDee Lamb and Kenneth Murray, Neville Gallimore and Jalen Hurts, and uh, Parnell Motley getting a free agent opportunity at Tampa with Tom Brady. How about that? Uh, lots to get to in Spotlight, so that's coming up later. But here in moments, we're going to kick off the podcast with Grace Lyons, the standout Sooner shortstop who, of course, like so many, had their seasons cut short with the outbreak of COVID-19. And, you know, it's, it's kind of wild to think about that as this drops, we would be preparing to play the final two games of the regular season for the Oklahoma Sooner softball team as we finally get a chance to maybe reflect a little bit on the challenges beyond just, you know, this this team not being able to play games, but what these student-athletes are doing now. So I'm real excited to hear from Grace Lyons. That's coming up here in mere moments on the Sooner Sports Podcast. As always, the Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind and Allstate Insurance. And today's episode is presented in part by Schwab Meat Company, official hot dog of OU Athletics, continuing to serve Sooner Nation from 7A to 3.30 p.m. daily, offering curbside to-go orders as well as online. Find out more at schwabmeat.com slash shop. The Sooner Sports Podcast is also presented in part by Coca-Cola. Share a Coke with a teammate, rival, or friend. Coca-Cola, official partner of the Oklahoma Sooners. And OG&E, OG&E Power at the Speed of Life. All season long, OG&E brought you our softball broadcast. So 
Why not kick off what should be the final regular season series weekend for the softball team by talking to one of their stars? She was off to an incredible start in 2020 before the season was cut short. Let's catch up with Sooner shortstop Grace Lyons. I think the question on everyone's mind, what was it like for you when you you found out, when you heard the news that the season was done, that basically you you were going virtual in classes and that – softball was over what was that moment like for you yeah I just I remember specifically we were we were kind of in a weird um weird situation because we found out that um we'd be either suspended or um, just taken a few weeks off just to see where this goes and I remember we were all at kind of like a, a a light practice and we were in the training room just kind of hanging out talking about what it could turn into and we got the notification of of a canceled season so that was that was crazy and uh, we all kind of reacted shocked and kind of like it was a dream um but since then I mean I've had a really easy transition um back home and um going to online classes but it is kind of weird um we should be you know getting ready for a series coming up and and we're sitting at home um with our families not going to class and um, it is difficult to to keep kind of the work ethic because if you think about it let's see how many months we have until we we suit up again as a team we have so much time and I think that's kind of the weird thing is that do we want to you know keep going we're having team meetings but it's just kind of different because we're not practicing and meeting and it's kind of up in the air on how how we want to react to it and I I'm super thankful um, for the family time and um, for just kind of a, a break to be to be still and calm because we were, you know, in the heat of season and um, there's no it's no coincidence that we kind of need to slow it down and the entire world's dealing with the same thing. So it's kind of a little hint to everyone, you know, slow down, take it easy a little bit. I love that perspective on it because, you know, I, I was thinking about it. I just happened to pull up this schedule. This would have been a weekend where – we were getting ready for a series with Kansas and we would have just come off a weekend against Kentucky and then a, a midweek trip up to Wichita. But Grace, it seems to me as if you're not really looking at it like that. You don't look at the calendar and go, oh man, we should be playing softball. It's almost as if in a very refreshing way, you're kind of embracing this moment. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah, a fair way I to put it? Totally. I mean, we can't control what's going on. I mean, like I said, it, the inti- this is one of the first times in our in our lifetimes or in in history where everyone's has everyone's dealing with the same thing. No one's no one's kind of having their own issues here and there. Like everyone has the exact same thing we're going through right now. And um, I just think that we shouldn't. I mean, if the whole world's kind of taking that perspective on it, I don't think I don't think us softball players. Um, should think of it any differently because I mean it's kind of just a pause on life we're um we're all forced literally forced to go into our homes and um and you know spend quality time with our family so yes it is a bummer but I mean we have zero control over it so I think that's kind of my perspective on it have you been able or what can you do what 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 are what are you kind of allowed to do are you still meeting with coaches are you able to I mean, obviously, I would assume you're still able to talk to your teammates quite a bit, but what have you been able to do? Um, we, so I kind of learned there is 
still some restrictions on hours that we can talk, but gotcha. um, we are, we have zoom calls with coach every week um, about one or two. And, you know, we're just doing some fun cooking competitions where we're all laughing and uh, being creative. And, and then sometimes we're watching film and just reflecting on kind of not, not in a negative way, but, you know, trying to learn from how the, how, what we'd had so far um, and try to maybe keep it going, keep thinking about softball at least because, you could easily just, um, I mean, take a halt and think this is summer break. But um, we could, we are doing things that we can control. So um, we're, and we also, it was pretty cool. We met with um, one of our mental kind of coaches, uh, Brett Ledbetter. He's been able to talk to us a ton um, in season in the fall, um, just kind of on our team dynamic. And he was able to hop on a Zoom call um, this week and just, you know, talk it through and, and just keep us um, united as a team and learning how we can be better teammates, even though, you know, we may not be next to each other, but we're seeing each other face to face. I do want to spend a couple of minutes looking back on the season with you here real quick, if you don't mind. What was it you felt like led to kind of the power surge this season for you? I mean, it was, to me, not shocking. I've seen it, but you, you really, you really seem to be seeing the ball well. You really seem to be hitting the ball well. Grace, what was the biggest improvement you felt at the plate this year? Um, I I just always go back to, you know, last year. My first year um, as a freshman, didn't really have any expectations. And um, with such a big senior class, I mean, I just needed to come in and do my job. And if I didn't, they would pick me up. So that's kind of, that was my role last year, which was able, I was able to kind of learn from them on how they did their role. And I think, um, losing that class um, and starting a new season, I was able to kind of learn from that and take some of those qualities and um, work ethics and apply them because I kind of took on that role. Um, I felt like I needed to leadership wise, um, talent wise, I think I needed to step up in that. So I think it really came from just learning about those, um, those girls who were there and have been there and had success. So I just, uh, you know, mentally I kind of took it, just as confidence and I didn't really uh I didn't need to prove anything because I you know I'm I was new the first year and no expectations and I a lot of people take that and they think they have so much pressure on them to do well the next year and I think personally I um just took it as a new learning experience and a totally different role so um I I loved just being able to have that new perspective on a season and on a on a role uh kind of topic and I embraced it I loved it yeah and listen I I don't think this is breaking any news here but you've got an incredible family got a very athletic what younger brother who plays golf and uh your dad and your dad was always an athlete growing up so you've been around sports from day one so was it easy to jump into a leadership role was you know you're you're incredibly based in your faith an incredible foundation that you're smart you're outgoing was it just a matter of having a year under your belt or was it just natural for you to kind of jump into that leadership role? What was, what do you felt led to that? Um, and then I just, I, again, go back to high school. Even <laughs> I, I can think about almost the exact same situation that I was faced with in college where I made the fresh, I made the varsity team and amazing group of seniors who, who led it, but I was kind of able to feed off of them. And then after they left, it was, you know, it was my job to, to lead this team. And I know in high school, it's a lot different because um, it's, it's a level below. And um, once you get to the college level, you realize it's, 
you have more, you have more people who are in it and invested and to help you with that. But I was able to learn that I played, I played basketball in high school and I was able to be a leader on my basketball team just because, you know, that was kind of my second um, playground. Like I was able to just have fun and not worry about results, but being a, just learning leadership styles in basketball um, as well as my high school team and club team, I think um, it just comes naturally to me. I love, I love people and I love to influence them and um, just make people um, be comfortable to be their best. And I think it's, it's more, um, I'm able to express it more this, this year, especially with uh, just with that role. Like I'm, like I was saying um, without the seniors kind of needed to, but I enjoy it. And um, with the help of some of my teammates, I think, um, it's going to be a great next three years that we have to do this. Have you ever remembered a time on, as we tape this, it's April 16th, where you weren't playing or you weren't active in a game? I mean, that, that would have to be, I don't know, maybe what when you're like three or four years old. I mean, this has got to be wild to have this time right now for you. Exactly, yeah. I I just know that, I mean, coming to college, you finally have a summer where you're not doing anything. You're not um, – traveling for travel ball and I kind of got a hint of that last summer after our world series but this is this is this is incredible how it's like summer on steroids like we have (laughs) like two summers where it's jammed into one and and it can distract you I mean it can that's why I loved being so active and always playing because when I when I have you know goals and an agenda I think um, I'm very productive but now I mean you've got nothing to do but sit around and and think, and I think there could be a lot of positives that come out of this. Um, just working on, you know, mental game, or because that's a that's huge in softball. But I just think um, it's weird, you know. I, <laughs> I feel out of sorts. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, we're we're hanging out with Grace Lines. I, I've been wanting to to talk to you about this and reach out to you and just tell you how proud I was in the way that this team handled it. But even more so, when I talked to to coach about it. Everyone's down. You you wanted to play, but you know we we had a chance to really celebrate someone who made an incredible choice. And you guys baptized Shannon Sale, and I just thought Grace that said a lot about this team and that in what some are looking at as a dark moment, right? You, there's teams that weren't able to finish their championship, and there's teams whose seasons were lost, careers are over. But we're celebrating life because you guys had a chance to really at what the foundation of this program and your life is about. You were able to share that with a teammate, and that means more than any result on the field, right? Oh, yeah. There, and I know uh, Alana and Taylor were also oh, absolutely. Um, able to be baptized that night. So triple, triple win. It was, uh, and I, I mean, it's crazy that I can't speak on behalf of, you know, women's gym or um, basketball, but um, I just know that when you do face, you know, adversity and, and things that you don't want to, that don't go your way and you don't want to happen. Um, there's always, there's always something that can come out of it. And, um, it's just, if we're willing, you know, to see it and listen to it. And, um, these girls were willing to, to listen to their hearts and, um, and be open to that. So it was amazing to have, you know, our entire team there, um, celebrating that in the midst of a a canceled season and, um, a lot of unknown with that. So I'm, I'm very proud of them for, for taking on that that boldness to do that. That was cool, man. Grace Lyons, I'm curious, what what got you started in sports? Let's go back. Let's just whittle this thing down to the beginning. When was that moment where you thought, all right, this is fun. I want to play basketball. I want to play 
baseball, softball. When was that moment when you really kind of developed your love for sports? I, I don't even remember. I just know, I mean, we have, my family took a ton of, you know, V, what is it, VHS? Or oh, yeah, VHS. That's old school, that. yeah. VHS, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we go through those all the time, and, and you just see hilarious videos of picking up a bat, maybe swinging left-handed because you didn't know what you were going to swing. But um, I, from from when I was little, I would always see videos of me with a ball or a bat or um, kicking soccer balls. But um, I, I picked up t-ball when I was about, you know, four, probably because my dad um, loved baseball. But, yeah, we stuck with baseball um, all the way until about 14 and um, played soccer, basketball, gymnastics even um, within. But, but softball was it that stuck out. What okay? What was the adjustment like? Because your background was in baseball, and as the story goes, you were the starting shortstop, and your boyfriend, who what, still in the Rangers organization, or is he with the Cubs now? He's with the Rangers. Okay, still, yeah. Your boyfriend was the second baseman. To give you an idea of how good Grace was, so her her boyfriend, who was a shortstop now at the next level of the major leagues, was having to play second base because you were so good as a shortstop in baseball, or at least that's how the story goes. What was the shift like for you from baseball to softball, and when did you make it? I think um, just I was able to learn from actually my my boyfriend's uh, father, Damian Easley, and he had a very big influence on you know my infield skills and hitting and just keeping everything simple. And it was about 14 years old when people kind of started um, talking in my ear about maybe you should switch over because I had. I had no idea that there was college softball. I didn't know what, <laughs> what teams were good. I, I was living in Arizona, so I liked, you know, ASU would go out to games sometimes, but I didn't know how big it was. And that's when people started saying, you know, recruiting starting, you should probably jump over wow. me, of course, with the, with the baseball hat and baggy pants. It's like, no, I'll play baseball forever. <laughs> but I, I listened and that transition was, it was, different I remember one of my first games I'm at second base and uh, someone told me you know you're supposed to lead off the bag after the ball leaves your hand so I lead off and I know I'm just hanging out in the middle of the base path and my coach is yelling get back to second get back because you know I thought you can just lead off and I was about to go steal third after she got the ball back so I had no idea but I slowly learned um, because there's so many different rules that make it different but I mean, to be honest, it it was pretty similar because the boys hadn't they just moved back to ninety feet, so I wasn't I wasn't facing the long pitching yet um, gotcha. as much. But it was I mean I was I I'm glad I hopped in when I did, and I I'm glad I stuck with baseball as long as I did though because those skills help translate to softball. Did did the boys have any problem with you playing, or since you were good, was it just kind of accepted that you were a part of the team? I, I think one of the teams, when I when we moved to Arizona, we were finding a club team, and one of the teams um, I was looking at, I guess my dad told me this, they they didn't want me on my team cause, on their team because they thought that it could cause, you know, issues with the girl and boys. And then the team that I joined was the Warriors, which uh, Warriors Baseball Academy, and they welcomed me open arms, and I was – I mean, I was one of the one of the guys. They didn't they didn't see me any different, and 
um, just with, with the younger brother, I was able to, I was able to hang in with them. So it wasn't, it wasn't too crazy. Um, I, I, I know I've kept you a long time. You got time for two more. Is that okay? Oh yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask about Oklahoma and you mentioned from your high school time in Peoria, Arizona. I, were, were you guys, did you move to Peoria, Arizona? Had you grown up somewhere else? I, so I lived, I was born in Germany. Oh, wow. Course, um, moved to How did I not know that? Arizona. How did I not know you guys were born in Germany? Was your dad and our mom in the army? My dad was in the air force. Oh. How do yeah. I not know this? So, oh my gosh. I'm hor- I'm a horrible friend. Day. I'm a horrible friend. <laughs> so you were born in Germany then and then you guys moved to Arizona after he was done with the air force? So well, we moved to Arizona and then he kept moving um we went to Virginia, then Ohio, and then back to Arizona. Wow. My gosh, I learned something today. So then in that, while you're at Arizona, you get college scholarship offers when you made the adjustment to softball, they're recruiting you. Tell me how you heard about Oklahoma, how you heard about Patty Gasso, and what made you decide on this softball program? So I uh, I was lucky enough to be a part of the on-deck um, recruiting camps and um, kind of what they did nationally, and I went to a national camp, and uh, coach Melissa Lombardi was there watching me oh, wow. and she reached out and I probably to coach um, and they uh, were among the ones I was looking at but I'm that was my so I went on I went on a visit there that was my first visit where I did a camp and um, it, I'm so glad it was my first because what I say is I, I based every other visit on how my experience was there with the coaches and what it looked like um, but as I kept going to all these different places, I, I just kept remembering OU and um, coach and just something stood out. And it was now that I'm here, um, I can tell you it is the best decision I've ever made um, for this future. And, and it's, it's continues to amaze me how I'm, how I'm in it. And I see everything in the program and um, I'm, I'm glad that stuck out to me at the very beginning. I'm sitting here, and I pull up your bio, and I th- swear to you, I've read your bio a thousand times, and I just now noticed born in Bitburg, Germany. I'm such a moron. <laughs> All right, listen, I, 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 obviously I'm one of your dad's and your mom's biggest fans. Your dad, and they try to come to every single game. I know it was a little bit harder early on because Max is uh, wrapping up his competitive – well, everyone's wrapped up their season, but has Max decided where he's going to go to college yet? So he's uh, in the middle of the recruiting process right gotcha. now. He's a junior, so – He's okay. trying to figure out, I mean, with with visits I mean, canceled, you can't go anywhere. So he's he's doing all these phone calls, emails, uh, everything that I went through. So That's bless cool. his heart. He's a good golfer, too. He's a good golfer. Um, I said yeah. one more. I want to slide in two more. One more. Do you have a favorite memory already from your time in the Crimson and Cream? Oh, man. So many. Just in one year. Yeah. Um, but I loved, I loved Texas. That whole experience of that rivalry, those three-game series. Um, made some plays that I will remember forever. Um, and the World Series that I'm, I just, I want to go there again. I hope we can go there again um, in the future. But that was incredible. All the fans and just how much fun it is to compete at that level. So I, I don't know if you can tell from our conversation, but I'm a big fan of yours, and not just softball, but in life. So I'm curious when when you talk to your friends or when you get a chance to talk to teammates, family members, whatever. What's the advice you give for everyone to kind of keep their head up and have this same mentality, this positive approach that you do throughout these challenging times? What advice would you give right now? 
Um, I would just advise people to to think big picture. Um, this, in the grand scheme of things, this is just a year in our life, and um, if we if we find our worth in things that can be taken away from us, then we know that that's not going to last, and we're going to be left um, feeling feeling bad about the situations. And I think um, just having this perspective that you know this this situation doesn't define us and we can find we can find the positives within it we're spending time with our families um just being able to work on ourselves and and be able to have this to have this stillness that we typically don't have in our busy lives so i just i encourage people to think big picture and and um this this is one year in our entire life and you shouldn't waste it on on complaining or um feeling feeling bad but but i think it's i think it is um in the end, it's, it's not, I'm not going to say it's not a big deal because there are, it's, it's a sad thing going in our, on in our world. But um, with our current situation, just think about how you can bring the positives to it. Yeah, it's uh, kind of wild when you look at the schedule. And, you know, I, I had a chance to talk to Grace a couple weeks ago. We held on to it because of the draft coverage and everything we had here on the podcast. So I'm really excited, as you can tell. She's pretty special. Her family is special as well, too. But there's a part of me that, you know, as we're sitting here and as I'm, I'm taping this on a Thursday night to get ready to drop on a Friday morning, you know, they, they were supposed – I mean, it's it's 9.30 as I tape this, and I'm thinking about, you know, that would have been game one against Oklahoma State, who was – the Cowgirls were looking pretty good this year. And you just – there's moments where I think about what could have been for baseball and softball, and then obviously looking back on, on women's and men's gymnastics, the golf teams as well, too, it, it, it's sad. But it's also exciting for the future, too, for so many of these student-athletes that are getting another opportunity. I'm not done talking to some of the softball players. I've bugged my man, Patrick Patrick Dunn, the Sports Information Director, Media Relations Coordinator for Softball, to see if maybe we can get Grace Green to come on with us, maybe Lindsey Ela, maybe we can kick up the long distance and, and hit up Hawaii and talk to Jocelyn. Uh, I miss covering this team. I miss being around this team. And I know the future is going to be very good to this team, but um, it's just tough, you know, when you think about what this weekend could have been. With that in mind, thanks so much to Grace Lyons. As you can tell, she is she's pretty sharp. And if I understand everything correctly about eligibility, she'll come back next year as a sophomore. Uh, her dad, John, is one of my favorite guys to talk to whenever we're on the road or at home. I didn't realize this until, obviously, talking to her, and it's right there in her bio that she was born in Germany but uh, her dad was a hockey player at the Air Force Academy her brother Max is a fantastic golfer and her mom Aaron is just the best so a lot to brag about one of my favorite people Grace Lyons thanks for joining us on the Sooner Sports Podcast which is presented in part by Whataburger Whataburger is open the drive through is open 24 hours a day where you can order online for curbside pickup as well curbside pickup by the way only available from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. daily Whataburger Hey, don't forget, 2020 football season ticket renewals are now live. Log into your account on Soonersports.com to view all of your renewal information and to renew today. Sooner Sports Podcast will roll on with our Spotlight show coming up in just a bit. But right now, our sponsor, Spotlight, shines on our good friends at Covenant Roofing. Mark and Sean Brown have joined us. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Mark, I'll just start with you. I mean, an incredible company, a local company. Take me through what really separates you guys from the rest. Thank you, Chris. Uh, we believe when we go to someone's house that we're an honored guest when we come to their property. I tell people that your home is your castle. When we get there, we want to protect the people 
the plants, the pools, and the puppies. How do we do that? We try to minimize the disruption to you and to your neighbors. The material arrives on one of our flatbed trucks. We then take the weight off of the roof before we take the weight and put it back on the roof. Just one illustration, back in 1976, the Sooners were trailing the University of Nebraska. The teams were ranked number one and two in the country. Sooner Magic was born on a cold, windy afternoon in Lincoln in 1976. It was the fourth quarter, Chris. The Sooners were trailing the Huskers at one point, 17 to seven. But with three minutes to play and the lead down to four, hope for a comeback was all but lost. We were on the 16-yard line. At that particular point, Quarterback Thomas Lott pitched the ball back to Woody Shepard. Woody Shepard threw the ball 50 yards to Steve Rhodes. At that particular point, there was hope for the Sooners. The next play, quarterback Dean Blevins threw a hook to Steve Rhodes again, who then lateraled the ball to Elvis Peacock. Peacock went all the way down to the three-yard line, and on the next play, he scored. That is indicative to me that uh, there are times that you can show up on a Saturday and every team out there looks like a football team. Every team has a playbook, but there is something that separates uh, the Sooners from other teams that day and other days, and it's the ability to execute the plays that are in the playbook. In the same way, just about any roofing crew can put a roof on your house. There are a few extras that separate an ordinary crew from an exceptional crew, material, labor, and expertise. It's knowing what to do, Chris, and how to do it, and then doing it. Chris Bob Stoops was paid perhaps the highest compliment when someone asked 98 coaches, who would you want your son to play for in the NCAA? And I want you to know that Bob Stoops had the highest number of votes in that poll. Uh, we want the same thing. We have over 100 testimonials uh, on Angie's list, people saying we're glad that we chose Covenant Roofing. And that's what it's all about to us, doing our job, making people happy, and putting a good product on their home. Man, I love it. I absolutely love that. You can learn more about Covenant Roofing by going online at Oklahoma-Roofing.com. Sean Brown is also with us. Sean, I mean, this is a family-run, family-operated business, and I kind of loved what we were talking about earlier. When people call, you're the voice they hear, and that has to mean a lot. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Uh, exactly. We, uh, we take a lot of pride in the fact that we're a family-run company. We're local to Oklahoma. Each one of us has graduated from a high school here in Oklahoma, um, and we've been with the Oklahoma Sooners for, for a long time. So I've got to know before we let you guys get out of here, Sean, tell me about your podcast. I can't have you on and not pump up the podcast. Is this true that there's an outlet to talk Sooner football through Covenant Roofing? Yeah, uh, my brother-in-law works for uh, a news channel here in Oklahoma City, and one day we just decided we like talking sports when we get together for lunch on Sundays. And uh, since he's a videographer, he uh, kind of had the equipment to to, <laughs> to put something together. And we started by talking just about every sport, and uh, it morphed into a, a college uh, a game prediction show. Oh, and that's cool. called it's called In the Red Zone. Um, and we're up to over 700,000 total views in three years, and we're pretty proud of it. That's awesome, man. Well, listen, yeah. hey, b before we get out of here, Mark, I want to circle back to you 
and I want to talk about storm season. What are some things we need to keep an eye on? What are some tips for homeowners to make sure that our roof is in proper shape or if we need to get a new roof? What I would do, uh, you want to make sure that you investigate any company that you may hire. I, first of all, would go to Better Business Bureau and check out mm-hmm. the rating that they have. Uh, you can check other ratings on Angie's List, Home Advisor, Porch.com, things like that. Also, I, I lean toward not giving any money up front because a lot of people are here. And if they're here from out of town, you have what's called a taillight warranty. As long as those taillights are in town, you have a warranty. Once they're gone, they're gone. And if you choose someone that's local and you read the reviews, you know that you're not going to uh, have a company here today, put your roof on, take your money, and then they're gone. They're out of your life. Um, We want to service our people today, tomorrow. And and even, Chris, uh, there have been times where people call, and it's been longer than the five-year workmanship warranty. We still go out and help them. We don't charge them. So cool. Um, To us, once people use us, they're part of the Covenant family. Great stuff. Mark, Sean, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate your support of Oklahoma Sooner Athletics and can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. Thank you, Chris. We're glad to be part of the Sooner team. Man, thanks to the guys at Covenant Roofing for joining us. Proud supporters of Oklahoma Sooner athletics sooner sports podcast brought to you as well today by brahms brahms ice cream and dairy store farm fresh for over 50 years and express employment professionals a premier workforce management provider to sooner nation to find a job or make your next hire visit expresspros.com all right let's wrap up the podcast with this week's edition of spotlight hi there everybody and welcome back into another edition of sooner sports spotlight alongside chris plank toby Rowland, and chad mckee i'm jessica cootie sporting my dallas cowboy blue today guys the dallas cowboys selecting not just one but two sooners in the 2020 nfl draft Overall, four Sooners taken over the weekend. We're going to dive into all of those picks. But first, let's get some initial reaction from our NFL draft guru, Chris Plank. He's been all over this thing from start to finish. Chris, I I know you're heartbroken that you don't have a Sooner headed to the Raiders. But overall, you like the picks and the fits for these four Sooners. Oh, yeah. I mean, every single one of these players, Neville Gallimore and CeeDee in Dallas, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia and Kenneth Murray in Los Angeles with the Chargers, just they all landed in situations where they're going to have an opportunity to help their teams out right away. So, yeah, there's a little bit of frustration that I have to watch Kenneth Murray and the AFC West go against my guys, but all four of these guys have an opportunity to play sooner rather than later. All right, well, let's start with number 17 overall. The first Sooner taken, CeeDee Lamb headed to America's team. It's the first time the Cowboys used a first-round draft pick on a wide receiver since Des Bryant in 2010. Before that, Michael Irvin in 1988. That's some elite company. Now, the Cowboys said that they did not think that CeeDee would fall to them. They had him as the number one receiver on their board. And when, they, when he did fall, they snatched him up. Toby, overall, how do you like this fit for CeeDee Lamb in Dallas alongside Dak Prescott and some of those other weapons, Amari Cooper, and the likes of those guys in that offense there in Dallas? Well, first off, I'm coming to you live today, guys, from my yacht in Piedmont. What do you think? Pretty nice. (laughs) Nice. Pretty nice. I was disappointed he didn't go higher, but I'm excited about the fit. He's going to a really good offense where he's got a chance to shine alongside Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. He's not going to get all of the attention, so I think he's got a chance to have great success. So I'm excited for CD for that. 
I'm excited for me and for Sooner Nation that we're going to get to see him all the time. That's what I'm really excited about. We're going to see every game that CD plays on the biggest stage in the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys. It was like pulling teeth, you know, to get Baker Mayfield games in this market, to get Kyler Murray games in this market. Not going to be a problem with CD Lamb, Chad. We're going to see every snap of CD's career as long as he's in Dallas. And, you know, we can burn up I-35 and skip the greater Winniewood Exotic Animal Park on the way down <laughs> to AT&T Stadium, which is kind of the second home for Sooner fans because Oklahoma's won three straight Big 12 championships down there in that venue. I would hate to be an opposing defensive coordinator with the thought that I might have to cover C.D. Lamb with my third best cover corner. But that's exactly what could happen. You know, Michael Gallup, had such a great year for Dallas last year. He made Randall Cobb expendable. You mentioned you've already got Amari Cooper down there, but Amari Cooper can be a somewhat feast or famine wide receiver. He's, he's disappeared, part of that because of the attention that he draws, but some big games where he hasn't been a big-time player. We know that's not been the case for C.D. Lamb. So I think by the end of the year, he's at least the number two, if not the number one receiver for Dallas. But he goes in with absolutely no pressure and, as you said, an offense that is absolutely stacked. Yeah, and I agree with you, Chad. The one thing that's very interesting about this fit is Mike McCarthy has a first-round draft pick as a wide receiver for the first time in a long time. So, Jess, you brought up the numbers for the Cowboys. When he was at Green Bay, Green Bay didn't draft a wide receiver in the first round since 1989, and they passed on one in this draft as well, too. So a lot of toys for mm. Mike McCarthy in this Dallas Cowboy offense, and it's going to be really fun to see how CD fits. And as Toby brought up, Jess, we're going to get to see him, and that's great. Yeah, as Lincoln Riley tweeted, the Dallas Sooners, right, uh, alongside uh, Gerald McCoy also on that roster. But CD makes it back-to-back -back years. A Sooner was selected in the first round. A Sooner wide receiver was selected in the first round. He was followed up by a defensive player, linebacker Kenneth Murray, taking 23rd overall to the L.A. Chargers, the first Sooner linebacker selected in the first round since Brian Bosworth in 1987. And as Alex Grinch continues to build up this defense, Chris, right back to you, how big is this for recruiting when it comes to that Oklahoma defense? Yeah, I think it's a big deal, and I think it's big for this conference, too. Toby, this is the first time the Big 12 has had three defenders go in the first round since 2011. It's the first time that they've had multiple defensive players go in the first round since 2014. So, from my perspective, I can't wait to get your opinion on the fit, Toby. But I think it's starting to show the respect that's getting there for the defense that's being played in this league. And what a feather in the cap of a Brian Odom going forward now in developing Kenneth Murray into a first-round pick. It's amazing. It boggles my mind that OU hasn't had a first-round linebacker since Bosworth and Jackie Ship back in the 80s. When you think of Rufus, Torrance Marshall, Rocky Kalmus, Teddy Lehman, of course. But it's true and, you know, just couldn't be happier for a young man than I am for Kenneth Murray, no matter where he had gone. He called his shot, guys, three years ago and said he was going to be a first-round pick, and he did it. I think it's a good fit in L.A. I like the coach. I know they're kind of, you know, starting over a bit without Phillip Rivers out there, but looks like they've done some exciting things on defense. I think he'll start right away, and he's going to work hard. He's a 10-year pro, Chad, as far as I'm concerned, if he can stay healthy. But just thrilled for Kenneth Murray.
Completely agree. Couldn't, couldn't be happier for Kenneth Murray. He goes to a franchise that seems like, as you alluded to, Toby, it's a little bit in search of an identity. You know, we've had a chance to be out in Los Angeles a couple of times in the last three or four years covering the Rose Bowl and then Oklahoma playing UCLA during the regular season. Phillip Rivers moving on. Their offense is going to get a lot of the attention because Tyrod Taylor has come in, and they also drafted Justin Herbert at the quarterback position. But their defense needs to get better. They went to the playoffs two years ago. They were ninth in the NFL. NFL in total defense. Last year they slipped back to 5 and 11 and that defense was 27th in the National Football League. Still a lot of talent on the defensive side. Joey Bosa obviously a really good player. Kenneth Murray fits in there. I think the one thing that you worry about, I think that the lack of OTAs and rookie mini camps may hurt Kenneth more than any of these Sooners because Jessica there's going to be a steep learning curve at his position more than any of these Sooners who got drafted this past weekend. Hey, Toby Chad, I'll ask this to you, too. I just asked Chris Plank about recruiting, but not just uh, Kenneth Murray in the defense, but you look at those guys going to Dallas, as Toby mentioned, a second home. Recruiting hotbed right down there in the, in the heart of Texas, but then also in L.A., also a recruiting hotbed. How big was this overall for recruiting that you got those guys headed to those markets where they, they really like to get guys? Yeah, that certainly doesn't hurt. I think, um, you know, the biggest takeaway in the recruiting front from this draft is you have two defensive guys going as early as they did in K-9 and, and Neville Gallimore. I know we'll talk more about Nev coming up here in a bit, but I think that's a huge selling point for Alex Grinch and Brian Odom and everybody on the, and Lincoln Riley and everybody on the defensive side of the ball to say, see, we're changing things on defense here at OU. You agree, Chad? I completely do. It, it's a big deal. Gerald McCoy, who Neville Gallimore is going to play alongside of, is the last Oklahoma defensive player drafted in the first round before Kenneth Murray. That was all the way back in 2010. I think the other takeaway is if you want to play quarterback at the professional level, come play for Lincoln Riley. Now Oklahoma is the first program to have three quarterbacks drafted in the first two rounds in three straight years when you talk about Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts going in the second round. So a lot on the recruiting front as far as the NFL draft is concerned, Jessica. All right, guys, time for a quick timeout. Coming up on the show today, an interview with one of the all-time great Sooners, Maggie Nichols, just won the Heisman Trophy of women's gymnastics. But up next, the draft talk continues as we mentioned Neville Gallimore, Jalen Hurts. We're going to dive into those fits in Philadelphia and in Dallas coming up next here on Spotlight. Sooner Sports Spotlight is brought to you by... Air Comfort Solutions, your total home solution for plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. Make the winning call today. Taco Mayo, fresh ingredients built to order. The Trails Golf Club, Norman's Club of Choice. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Community Coffee, family-owned community coffee, the official brewed coffee of OU Athletics. Taste the difference family makes. Welcome back to Sooner Sports Spotlight. This segment brought to you by Taco Mayo. Well, as Chad McKee mentioned just before the break, Oklahoma further adding to that QBU argument as Oklahoma becoming the only program to have quarterbacks selected in three straight years in those First two rounds following up Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield as Jalen Hurts going in the second round to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, this pick raised some eyebrows to uh, NFL fans uh, across the country, uh, being that Philadelphia already has Carson Wentz at QB1, but 
Chris Plank, as we've heard, Philadelphia with an opportunity to utilize Jalen Hurts in more ways than perhaps just in that backup quarterback role. Think about how deep Philadelphia had to go. They had to go out and get Josh McCowan out of retirement to play quarterback for them last year. So while it was a shock to many of us, not just to see Jalen be taken out early, but to see where he ended up in Philadelphia, I think the more you really dig into it and the fact that Carson Wentz hasn't been able to stay on the field, he's been hurt the last couple of seasons. And then, you know, Chad and I talked about this a lot on the draft show, Toby, but the offensive masterminds that are at work in Philadelphia right now, you think about Doug Peterson, who was one of the creators of Andy Reid's and kind of helped carry out Andy Reid's offense when he was in Kansas City. They've got a very young Press Taylor, brother of Zach Taylor, former Normanite that's helping to run their offense as well, too. So they're going to find ways to get Jalen Hurts on the field. And I think, Toby, when all is said and done, Jalen might end up playing sooner than any of the quarterbacks going in the first round just based on the way they might use him. You know, yeah, I like it. I think I like the fit. I can't wait to see how it plays out. I do think that Peterson is very creative, and he is going to find a way to use Jalen Hurts. I also, you know, if you're Hurts, you're going to a place where the starting quarterback has been injury prone, so you, you're going into a chance where you could play. Philly's brutal, man. I mean, the fans are brutal. The backup quarterback is the most popular guy on the team. If Wentz is struggling, they're going to be calling for Jalen Hurts to get on the field. But you better perform or they'll run you out of town. So, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Chad, at the very least, he's at the home of the Philly cheesesteak. That's not a bad thing at all. I'll go whiz over provolone every day, but uh, love me a cheesesteak. Give me the provolone. I'm not sure exactly what whiz is. So give me the provolone all <laughs> it's day delicious. when it comes to the cheesesteak. It is delicious. I will give you that. I predicted last week that Jalen Hurts would go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I had the right state, but Close. I had the wrong franchise. You know, but I can see him being used, and, and this is a little bit of a throwback, the way that the Pittsburgh Steelers used another very good former college quarterback in Antoine Randall L., I think there's a good chance Jalen Hurts gets on the field as a starting quarterback at some point because you mentioned Carson Wentz's injury history in 17, 18. He made it all the way through this year but got hurt in the playoffs, so you just never know. I think that Ron Jaworski was on standby as far as the Eagles quarterback situation is concerned this past year. I think another thing that helped Jalen Hurts in the draft process this year, there were not a lot of opportunities for teams to sit down one-on-one -on -one with all of these respective players coming out of college. So you had to do your homework with what you know about the personalities of these kids, what they knew about Jalen Hurts. He's a winner, and he's a guy who's going to be great in the locker room. The way that he handled the Alabama to Oklahoma transition was impeccable. And I think that went a long way toward Doug Peterson and the Eagles taking this too difficult to resist chess piece to add to their repertoire. All right, and moving on, Neville Gallimore, big Nev, also selected by the Dallas Cowboys in the third round. He's joining fellow Sooner defensive lineman Gerald McCoy there in Dallas. And, and the Cowboys needed some depth there on that D line. But, Toby, how quickly do you think Neville Gallimore will be able to provide that depth? I mean, what a story coming from Canada. He's talked about how the best is yet to come. How quickly is that best awaiting Neville Gallimore? Well, he's going to play. They're going to rotate guys in there. Um, I love the fit for Nev. Uh, just like K-9, I'm proud of him. He worked his tail off to, to get into a spot his senior year where he dropped weight, where he could be as productive as he was. 
and to be a third-round draft pick. Way to go, big man. I heard Dusty Dvorak say something I thought was really good. He was so thankful when he went to Chicago that Tommy Harris was there to look out for him because going into an NFL locker room as a rookie can be brutal. Same thing here for Neville Gallimore. He's got GK down there to show him the ropes, to be his bodyguard, if you will, in Dallas until he gets up and around. But he's going to play. He's going to have a, a good career, and it's going to be fun, just like CD, Chad. We get to watch him every down down in Big D. Yeah, honestly, I don't think it could be a better situation. I love Dusty's perspective on what you talked about. And, you know, Gerald McCoy is a nurturing guy by nature. And now he's got some Sooner DNA in the locker room with him. Jim Tomsula, who is the defensive line coach of the Dallas Cowboys, is noted for liking to rotate his defensive linemen. I do think it's interesting. I think Dallas's defensive line could either be really good and explode or it could implode because of the Randy Gregory and Alden Smith situations. Guys that it looks like are going to be back in the fold in Dallas, but they've both had some checkered pasts. We'll see if they can come into the mix, but for, for Neville in particular, I don't know, Chris, that there could be a better situation than learning from G.K. McCoy, and there's not really any pressure. He can learn, he can grow, and he can do so quickly. Yeah, and you've got the guy right next to you that is the gold standard for defensive tackles at the University of Oklahoma from the last 10 years and now beyond. So you get a chance to still be brought up to learn from him. And you know what, Jess, I, I just really like overall this fit to where you're not rushed into play right away. You get some time to learn. You got GK next to you. They've got some nice pieces. Jim Tom, Tom Sula, as Chad brought up as their defensive line coach, Mike Nolan has taken over their defense. And what Mike Nolan likes to do defensively, force turnovers, get the ball back. I think, uh, I think, Good old Nev had that kind of hammered in his head last year under Alex Grinch, so it'll be good, I think, for Nev and Dallas rotationally. Hey, put up the turnover fist. Let's go. Turnover That's fist. Right. Uh, as uh, Alex Grinch liked to implement here in Oklahoma. Okay, guys, great stuff there on the NFL draft. Coming up next, we hear from one of the all-time Sooner greats, Maggie Nichols, winning yet another prestigious award. award. She's up next here on Sooner Sports Spotlight. The Sooner Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast to listen to old shows and subscribe to always get the newest ones. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Sooner Sports TV personalities wardrobe is provided by Threads Menswear and Blush on Campus Corner. Hair and makeup provided by Clementine Hair Lounge. Welcome back to Sooner Sports Spotlight. This segment brought to you by Community Coffee. Maggie Nichols put together not just the, the most decorated career in Oklahoma women's gymnastics history, but one of the most decorated careers in all of NCAA history. She won back-to-back -back individual all-around titles, leading her team to two national championships and a national championship runner-up. She finished with 13 All-America Award honorees and 22 perfect tens. She capped off her remarkable career, earning the AAI Award, the Heisman Trophy of Women's Gymnastics. And recently, Suter Sports TV, Meg McDonald got a chance to catch up with Maggie Nichols. Take me back to that Thursday before the Minnesota meet on March 14th, the final meet of the regular season. It had been sold out for weeks. I think you 
Olivia Troutman were both a huge part of selling some of those tickets. What was that moment like that day at practice when KJ sat the team down and said, we're not going to Minnesota? Not that the, that the season was canceled, but you guys are not flying out to Minnesota. You weren't going to be able to compete in front of your friends and family one last time. So actually that Wednesday night, we were supposed to get an itinerary list of like what to pack for Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And we never got it. And I, I texted KJ, I was like, do you have the itinerary finished? And she texted me back, yes. And so I was like, okay, but she didn't send it. And so we were all kind of like, cause everyone was asking me if I had the itinerary. And I was like, uh, not yet, but she thinks she's still working on it, I'm not sure. And then the um, NBA announced that their season was this, what it, they're canceled or whatever. And so yeah. we were all kind of like, what is going on? And then Thursday came around normal day of classes and then we get a text from KJ and she said that we weren't traveling and so I was really sad and I know O was too and the rest of the team but I mean us two are really sad just because it was our last regular season meet and it was sold out in Minnesota and we were really excited um so that was sad in itself but we were still very motivated when we went into the gym that day just because we still had things to work towards and we wanted to still go for the national championship even if we weren't going to go to Minnesota um but halfway through that workout, um, after my beam rotation, KJ called us all into the team room. And I think some of us knew what she was gonna say. And I think I just saw like a white sheet. Like I just, my vision went like white because I knew what she was gonna say. Like I was so upset and we went into the team room and she said that um, our season was done. And I can't even describe the feeling that I felt because not only was the season cut short, but me, Jade, and Bree's careers were just finished. And it was just something that I just can't even explain. And I was completely heartbroken and devastated. But at the same time, it made me gain a new perspective on, you know, treat every day and every second like it's your last or your last time um, training and all that kind of stuff. Enjoy every single moment because, you know, I never thought that last beam rotation was going to be my last time, you know? And so, I don't know. It was just, the whole thing was just really crazy. And, um, you know, my head, I still haven't wrapped it, my head around it yet. And um, I don't know, it was it was a sad day for sure. So I do want to go back to 2016 though, which the year you were gearing up for kind of your bubble of the Olympics, I guess you could say. You were a huge part of Team USA at Worlds in 2015 and in winning a gold medal for the team. I believe you took a bronze medal on floor individually. Then in 2016, you tear your meniscus, everything changes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is hypothetical and whatnot, but holy cow, can you imagine having one more year to prepare for the Olympic Games? In that circumstance, I think that would have been incredible for me. Um, I didn't have enough time to get back to where I wanted after that meniscus surgery. Um, so I feel like if I wasn't, if I was in that position right now and I had a whole nother year, it would be incredible. So, I mean, if there are girls in, in that um, situation, I mean, that's good for them too. And also it's it's cool that some of the juniors right now too, um, they're not old enough for the Olympics in 2020. And so they will be old enough in 2021. So, I mean, that's kind of cool as well to think about um, just depending on the situation. But if we go back to 2016 and this happened then, um, I would be very excited. If you didn't do gymnastics, what sport would you play? Um, okay, this is a fun question. I think I would either play <laughs> basketball, if I was better, and then, and maybe taller, and then track. 
I feel like, how tall are you? 5'4", right? I know, I'm like 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, 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 five. You might be able to just be a point guard. You're right. You know, run the floor. Yeah. I would love to, I would. Thank you, Meg and Maggie. Coming up next, we're wrapping up the show here on Spotlight. Keep it here. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and OU Extended Campus, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Devon Energy, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. Welcome back to Spotlight. Here's a look at your upcoming TV schedule brought to you by Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of the Sooners. Hey, need more draft talk? No problem. You can check out the NFL Draft Review airing a couple of different times this week. And a fun note right there on Wednesday, the 1956 and 61 alumni game. Toby got a chance to call that. Lots of fun old footage that you're going to get to see on your television screen and the Switzer, Switzer Show coming up on Saturday. All right, guys, let's wrap up the show getting to some news surrounding some of the other Oklahoma sports. And up first is men's basketball. Oklahoma men's basketball adding a couple big-time transfers. And Toby has more on that transfer news. Yeah, the headliner is Emoja Gibson from North Texas. They call him Mo Gibson, explosive player. They hope to get a waiver so that he can play right away next year. We'll see on that. But he had 21 against OU last year. Great shooter, explosive combo guard, good defensively as well. We'll see how Lon Kruger uses him, but I think he could be a big-time sixth man, kind of a Lou Williams, Dennis Schroeder type for this team. The other one, Elijah Harkless out of Cal State Northridge, probably going to redshirt next year. Great athlete at six foot four. He can shoot, but his athleticism is explosive. Chad, what about Sherry Cole Sooners? Well, remember, no seniors for Sherry Cole and the Sooners this past year. They have a recruiting class of three. You think about Coach Cole's best teams and you think about point guard play. Stacy Dales, Danielle Robinson, Morgan Hook, and that's been a position in flux really since Gabby Ortiz graduated a couple of years ago. So Nevaeh Tot comes in out of the Dallas area to provide stability. Sherry Cole says her best attribute is she hates to lose. Now, Nevaeh, if you spell it frontward, is heaven. They also add Heavenly Greer, some size inside, a 6'3 post player out of California. And then for good measure, there's Skylar Van, who's kind of a Swiss Army knife type player at 5'10 out of Edmond and Deer Creek High School, a very versatile player. And I like the fact that if you take Nevaeh Tot and Heavenly Greer, you could have Heavenly Tot. And I hope our <laughs> friends at Sonic are watching this, Chris. Uh, so, some good All-American news for Ryan Hibble's men's golf team. Yeah, unfortunately, their season cut short, but still that talented group gets honored. Quade Cummins and Garrett Reband have been selected as Division I team, first team All-Americans, according to the Golf Coaches Association of America. OU's two first team selections marks the first time that's happened under Ryan Hibble, Jess. So great news all the way around. All right, good news indeed. Look forward to, see, look forward to seeing those new Sooners on the court as well. Guys, uh, once again, great show. We wrap up another Sooner Sports Spotlight. Thank you guys so much at home for watching, and we'll see you next week here on Spotlight. All right, good stuff on Spotlight. Thank you for downloading and subscribing. Soonersports.com slash podcast, which is where you can find the OU Notre Dame game from 2013 on our classic broadcasts. And I should add the OU Tennessee game tomorrow. So that'll be available from 2015. That's all part of our AT&T What's on Tap for this weekend. AT&T America's best network. You got a busy week ahead. Next week, Joe C's back. Bob Bowlesby's going to join us. And I hear rumors that Jess and Meg may have Annie Hansen. So look forward to hearing that. And thank you as always for listening and subscribing to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Everyone have a great weekend and Boomer Sooner.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.